Previously on the Mario Rosenstock podcast. That's nice. Okay, Nicola, talent, take one, the Mario Rosenstock podcast promo. Mario the Impressionist Rosenstock has been unleashing his poison onto your favourite podcast platforms for the last few months. People are too scared to stand up to him and cry stop. Who is this man and what does he want with your ears? I'm Nicola Talent and I've met this man face to face. You can read all my experiences only this week in the Sunday World and on Mario Rosenstock's podcast. Be afraid. Be very afraid. God, that was really scary. Well, it was a very big day indeed for me to be the star of one of Nicola Talent's famous radio adverts for the Sunday World. Nicola has, of course, become one of the big stars of the world of crime journalism. And if you're regularly on podcast platforms like Apple and Spotify, you'll have seen just how popular her podcast Crime World is. So I was... Delighted that Nicola took the time to have a sit down with me on this podcast and tell me all about the world in which she operates, what drives her on, uh, to keep reporting on these dangerous criminals and face the risks that come with that. So make sure to check out that episode with Nicola from last October. Just scroll down a few inches on whatever platform you're on and listening to. But before you do that, you have to listen to this fantastic chat I had with the mentalist Keith Barry for this episode of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. Full disclosure, Keith Barry is also a blahead, i.e. he's a Waterfordonian, uh, a Waterford man like myself, and we both look out for each other on the touring circuit and try to promote each other a little bit when we can. He was in flying form, and if you're a regular listener to this podcast, you might have gleaned that I'm fascinated by people like Keith, and what I mean by that is not just mentalists or magicians, I mean hard workers, grafters, people who work unbelievably hard to, put, to become um, the best at what they do, to put 10,000 hours and more, 20,000 hours into what they do. And Keith Barry falls very firmly into that camp. When I met him, he was on terrific form. He was really focused. I guess a lot of us performers are now, realising the value of performance and what it means to us and what it means to be out in front of you live and how much we're looking forward to getting out there. And he's incredibly focused on what he wants to achieve, is Keith, and has designed every aspect of his life around achieving it. And in this chat, he tells me um, what that looks like the tough times he's gone through along that path, the celebs he has sometimes met in the course of his career, and lots, lots, lots more. I was watching an interview of Will Smith, and they said to him, well, what's the secret to your success? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, when all the other rappers are in bed, I'm up practicing my rapping. And that <laughs> resonated with me, right? <laughs> I handed Morgan Freeman the book, and I said, look, just take the book and browse through it. And I showed him with my hands how to browse. You know, just browse through it. And he went, you're asking me to do something I can't really do. And I was like, what do you mean? I only found it after the fact that Morgan Freeman, you'll notice in his movies, I believe it's his left hand, is pretty much completely paralyzed. I'd say I was close enough to breaking down, whatever that even means. Like, I, I remember just uncontrollably shaking in my office at home and crying after a phone call to an executive in America. Keith, will you go back to the old days, boy, and put on the biggest Waterford accent you can, boy? Go on. John, will you shift me sister, boy, will you? I give us a blah. That's no good, boy. Do you want your fucking go, boy? That's the way you say it. Do you want you push your fella up to get the wall and go? Do you want your fucking go, boy, do you? Do you want your fucking go, boy? My full chat with Keith Barry coming up in just a few minutes' time. But first, to this week's new and exclusive comedy sketch. Of course, uh, all the talk this week, well, there's been a lot of talk about a lot of things, but one of the things that uh, caught my eye this week was Golfgate. Remember that? 
Golfgate came to a kind of, um, well, a kind of an ending this week when all charges were dismissed against all those who had taken part in Golfgate. Uh, some have been feeling a little sorry for themselves. Uh, one or two have even decided that they might go out and uh, maybe look for compensation. And even one has gone on prime time with our Miriam, well, my Miriam, um, to explain how rough the whole experience was. Good evening and welcome to Primetime. Well, look, the fallout from Golfgate continues. Charges this week were dismissed, but people's lives have been ruined. I talked to one such victim this week, Bill, not his real name. Listeners may find this disturbing. Bill, not your real name. How badly have you suffered? It's been absolutely horrific, Miriam. Hmm. I lost one of my jobs in Europe and a pension, which means... I'm down now to only three government pensions. Okay, that's devastating. And without one of the pensions, what did you do? I went very low, Miriam. How low did you go? I ended up, this isn't easy to say, I ended up having to work in the private sector. Oh God, I can't imagine what that was like. It It wasn't nice, Miriam, but thankfully it wasn't for too long, but long enough to really feel it, you know. I got very, 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 very low. And did you have anyone to talk to, Bill? Not your real name. Yes, well, thankfully, a couple of a couple of my drivers uh, were great company all, all through this time, and uh, okay. there were some nice people up in business class in Erlingus. And I must say, the sommelier. You're getting very emotional, Bill. The sommelier and Patrick Jebo was very nice, Miriam. Was he? Every week, he was lovely to me. I just <laughs> hope that nobody ever has to suffer the privation I suffered, all for having a round of golf. A filet mignon and a bottle of Chateau Lafitte 1985. Thank you. And a GoFundMe page has been set up to aid the victims of Golfgate. If you've been affected by this, you can go on the GoFundMe page. It's GoFundMe slash Golfgate slash We'll Pay the Bill. And if you want to contribute to that GoFundMe We Pay the Bill page, don't. It's not a real page and I don't think you would anyway. (laughs) Anyway, good luck to everybody involved in what was Golfgate, uh, a gift to comedians more than anything else. Anyway, the great Keith Barry is coming up in a couple of minutes. But first, as ever, a huge thank you to Curry's, who proudly support the Mario Rosenstock podcast. If you've caught the last couple of episodes, uh, you'll have seen that Curry's are getting sports fans all set up for a brilliant season of sport by offering un beatable prices uh, on the best electronics, appliances and consumer tech, especially on those huge top quality flat screen TVs that make the experience of watching live sport unbelievable. And so you never know who you're going to bump into when you visit your nearest curry store. And here we are, deep inside a curry store. So much on offer, so many incredible items to choose from. In steps Johnny Sexton. Hi, excuse me. Sexton looks around, surveys his options. He needs help. Yes, can I help you? Uh, yeah, I'm looking for big screen TVs, please. No problem. This way, please. Thanks. Sexton makes his move. He's going down the aisle. He's past the kitchen appliances. Incredible value. He has a look over at the laptops. Beautiful laptops at Curry's. Nice. Sexton keeps going. He's at the TV and entertainment section. He's so close. He can feel it. Sexton looks around. This is the moment. Oh, look at this. He sees it. It's a beautiful big screen TV. This might cost him. Wow, great value. I'll take it. It's there. He's done it. Johnny Sexton has done it. He's walked away with an incredible bargain from Currys who have proven again this year they won't be beaten. They will never be beaten on price. Thanks. See ya. 
Bye, Johnny. Stop standing around in Corey's shouting your head off, will you? You're stupid. Sorry. So, get yourself all set up for a great season of sport with a visit to Curry's. They will never, ever be beaten on price. Thanks to Curry's for their ongoing support of the Mario Rosenstock podcast. But as ever, thanks to you especially. Yes, you right there listening right now. Um, for supporting us by listening in, subscribing on Apple or following us on Spotify and telling your friends about this great little podcast um, and that they've got to check out. Just tell one friend if you can, please, or just give us a rating or give us a comment or send me an email. Mario Rosenstock at gmail.com. Mario Rosenstock at gmail.com. I read them all and I answer them all. Um, so as I mentioned, Keith Barry was in flying form the day we met in Collaborative Studios where we record the podcast. He's got a big new show coming up called Reconnected, kicking off in April. And as it happens, I have my own tour coming up as well, kicking off in March. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster, uh, Mario Rosenstock, Gift Grub Live, coming to a city or a town near you. So Keith and I started off talking all about our respective tours and how we're feeling about them now that it's been two years away. And that's where we join the conversation. So I'm really looking forward to going on tour because I start, um, you know, it's been two years. And also, Keith, it's for you, it's two years, isn't it? Yeah, over two years now at this stage. Yeah. And look, we know the story, right? Let's not go there. But with you, is it true? I mean, tell me that you got a bit, you got quite low at the beginning. It's absolutely true. How, got- no, when, when you say low, I mean... I don't want to go Joe Duffy on your ass here now. Or, or, or Ryan Tuberty. Yeah. How low did you go? Did you go low? No, well, look, low for me is not as low as uh, perhaps some other people out there who really struggle with mental health. But low for me was literally just a bit lost and not knowing what to do. So while everybody else seemed to be posting pictures of themselves and videos of making banana bread or whatever else that they were saying that they're having a great time. And isn't it brilliant to spend all this time with our friends and family? Like I already spent spend enough time with my friends and family and I find that real kind of virtue signaling I don't like it like I don't like these people saying oh, isn't this brilliant I didn't find it brilliant at all because I like being busy I love what I do it's in my DNA to be on a stage so I was down and down for me would have been just cranky with the wife and kids which you know isn't good and just in general just low energy um, but I copped it kind of after a couple of weeks and then I realized as a, you know, a separate part of what I do, as you know, like I'm a mind coach and a motivational coach. And I realized, how can I motivate other people? Fix myself. Yeah, I've got to fix myself first. So fixing myself is just going back to good habits. I mean, look, I was drinking midweek and stuff like that, stuff I wouldn't ordinarily do. So I was like, started drinking on Wednesday nights and stuff. Drinking you know what? what? I mean? uh, wine, you know. Oh, wine. Red or white? Wine, red. Okay. Always red, yeah. Italian, I, French, anything? Uh, oh, no, I'm weird like that. So for me, uh, either... Pinot Grigio or Shiraz and after that I don't care I just know I like those two I'm not a wine yeah, uh, yeah. aficionado it's a bottle red yeah mm. and uh, so then I realised look i got to stop all this so that's when I just put my good habits back in place so I caught it early uh, and then I just kind of threw myself into work mm. so it was fine but low for me yeah really was just and I know cranky you, and I know you, you threw yourself you, you threw yourself into work which wasn't there but there was some t- some certain types of work which were virtual and you kind of am I right in saying that you kind of invested a few quid in even building a good studio at home yeah and actually kind of pimping it up to make it a good studio yeah look it took a long time actually and I didn't know if there was any real business there so you know back in the early days of the pandemic like there wasn't really a virtual world you know what I mean we're all just hearing about zoom and and these kind of things but I pivoted early and I'd say it took about a good solid three to four months of 
putting the studio together. So yeah, just heavily invested. I mean, look, I never really counted it, but it's probably like, I don't know, about 15,000 euros mm. in the studio, which was just cameras and mm. lights and green screens and the whole works. Mm. Um, and, and then I did what I call massive action, right? So yeah. uh, for me, that meant, like I didn't really use LinkedIn, for example, before the pandemic. I went on LinkedIn and I literally reached out to like thousands of people, not really knowing what I was doing, right? <laughs> but I was just like, I got to create a business somehow. Uh, and in my head, it's got to be virtual. So I just started connecting with people on LinkedIn. And then uh, I also, so I'll, I'll give you a tip. So here's what I did, right? Because I don't mind telling it now because I've got it done. I literally Googled top 1000 companies in Ireland. Hmm. Right? So I Googled that. And then I didn't know who the decision makers were. So I, I reached out to five people in all 1,000 companies. So that's 5,000 emails, myself and my wife, Mary, who works with me as well. Like the two of us. The equivalent so, of so cold, actually me cold, cold, cold calling, calling yeah, 5,000 like people. the modern version of cold Come on, calling. And how did that work? Uh, sorry, how did it work out for you? So towards the end of the summer then, I got like one virtual gig. Uh, and this is obviously somewhere like two years ago now. Hmm. Uh, and then I got like two virtual gigs and then I got four. And then all of a sudden it just took off. So really? by Christmas that year, the first year, like we were doing like five to seven virtual gigs a day, which was amazing. Okay. Um, but and the product that- was there, like it was good quality product. So in other words, besides putting the studio together and doing that, I then developed material. And you were able to interact with the company online and interact with people. Yeah, absolutely. And even perform tricks as well. Yeah, and the most important thing for me is, it was twofold, right? So 50% of it was just tricks and entertainment and mentalism. But the other 50% was keynotes and motivation. And, you know, companies need that now. And for me, I've been doing that for years, but I had to figure out how to do it virtually and entertaining virtually as well. So my my keynotes sit at 70% content, like takeaway, if you want to call it that, and then 30% entertainment. And did did that pay off the 5,000 emails? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look... But there was some response from uh, some percentage, some percentage. Yeah, but it's very low percentage. So it sounds like, but but the massive action paid off. Absolutely. So I I talk about this in my keynotes. Massive action always pays off. But like out of 5,000 emails, we probably only got 150 responses. Mm. Like, so that's low percentages, right? But imagine getting 150 responses without, imagine 150 people putting an inquiry into you. Oh, this is it. You'd be very excited. Do you know what I mean? And then we probably got, I'd say, maybe our first 30 or 40 gigs from that 150. And then it's word of mouth then that's after that. amazing. You know? That was great. Yeah, but but that's, like I say to that's people... That's the thing I like about you. You see, for listeners who are listening, I do know Keith, full disclosure, I do know Keith quite well going back a long mm. time. And, and we probably have a little bit of a kinship with each other for two reasons. One is um, we're both from Waterford. So we're both blah heads. But the other reason is, and this is more more germane to the conversation is Keith is the one of the only performers I know who himself and myself are actually very honest with each other off the mic and on <laughs> yeah, the mic. Yeah. So for example, first thing he'll come in to me, he'll go, how are ticket sales going and draw down? I'll go, dying on their arse. Yeah. And we I'll just go, had that conversation. We just had that conversation. <laughs> I need to get on to LMFM. <laughs> yeah. And he will say the same to me. It's not moving. So we're, so, so in other words, we won't kind of um, sugarcoat it. We won't go, hey, everything's great. Couldn't be better, buddy. If things are going well, we'll say things are going well. But if things aren't going so well, we just call it as it is. And because no, you can't sell out everywhere. You go all the time. Yeah. And so you're refreshing like that in the sense that well, you, I think, you have an honesty. I, well, I think in, in our world, our world being entertainment, Uh, motivational for me broadcasting for you I think the lack of honesty and sincerity is actually a bit sickening right now you know what I mean right yeah oh yeah okay Uh, you mean appertaining the virtue signaling 
yeah, about yeah. It. It's just yeah. like everybody's hopping on every trend mm. and just trying to get traction online. Mm. And I'm battling that myself. But uh, but like to loop back to it, I think you know, I think the one thing I would say to people even listening to this podcast is I always say this: like you know, you're not withholding to your circumstances. So it's not what happens to you that matters; it's how you respond that matters. So for me, I got down for a couple of weeks, um, but I, then I realized, look, I got to control this situation. I've got to do something to get myself out of this. Otherwise, like a lot of our colleagues, uh, colleagues of yours, colleagues of mine, I'll end up on the pup and, uh, you know, cutting the grass mm. and painting the fence. You can only do that for so long. There is, and there was also some performers as well who, like, especially in my in, in my area, the, the comedian situation, yeah. where from the very beginning they were, they were, they were going, oh no, I'm not even going to go near this virtual thing. Yeah. And I think that was a mistake because you've, you've got to try and go with what's ever in front of you and make something of it and adapt. And I think part of our world as, as entertainers is natural adaption. You have to adapt anyway. Oh yeah. To everything like, that, to everything that you see. So this is just another thing that you have to adapt oh, to. Oh, completely. Like the, it's the same in my world, mentalists, magicians, hypnotists. I know a lot of them even now, you know, they're saying to me, oh, you know, I'm still not going to flip online to virtual. And unfortunately for them, they're basically unemployed still because, you know, I mean, live events are starting to come back depending on what country you're in. But even for them, uh, I feel for them because I think they should have pivoted online because these yeah. guys are well accomplished and, you know, uh, well able to do this stuff. But I always see myself like a chameleon. So I, I visualize myself like a chameleon. No matter what happens to my environment, I'm going to change my color and match what's happening. Yeah. Uh, and I also preempt obstacles. So for me, like... I'm preempting now. Well, what happens if another uh, variant comes? What happens if the electricity goes down in my house in the middle of a virtual event? So I preempted all of those. Now it took a while, but, you know, I have a generator sitting outside my uh, little generator that costs that much money, but I've got a generator that will get me through a virtual event if the electricity goes down. I've got three broadbands hardwired through my... So so anybody listening out there, I've got the best broadband in Ireland (laughs) hardwired through... If you have a virtual event with me, the broadband's not going to be... So you're like a mentalist, Jason Bourne. Basically, you walk into a place and you go, I'm already looking at six outages that I can yeah, do yeah, from this exactly, building through yeah. the window, through the chute, through the flute, yeah. through anything. But then you're ready. You're ready for anything that comes at you, you know? Yeah, you're ready. Now, so knowing you over the years, you like, uh, uh, it's clear a couple of things you are, which a lot of people aren't. You are driven. Oh, yeah. And you're hungry. You're unashamedly hungry. Um, you're. You're, you've got, you, 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 you turn up, you show up, mm-hmm. you, uh, we, myself and Noel and MCD, our mutual promoter, yeah. uh, we often joke behind your back going, oh, Keith, I, there, was a, there was an interview there, I said to Keith, there's an interview there with the radio station in Ackle Island, do you want to do a phoner? Next thing, he's five minutes down the road. He's in the car. He's going to drive to Ackle Island <laughs> yeah, to do the, it's to true. Do, because you will drive to Ackle Island or yeah. whatever, get the ferry over to do it. I think you will hear, you'll hear yeah, it. Yeah. And so that's great. This shows great commitment. But where do you think you got it? Because that comes from somewhere. It's something yeah. inside you. It's yeah. something inside you. It's it's hard to generate that. I think it's twofold, right? So. I think, look, work ethic is key no matter what you do. And I think first and foremost, I get it from my dad. So my dad set up a bunch of businesses over the years. Some of them did very well. Some of them did not so well. But I never saw him just sitting on his laurels. He mm. always was a grafter and worked really hard. Um, and especially when we were kids, you know, we lived kind of just a modest lifestyle, just a normal lifestyle. But he grafted hard to even provide that first. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I think a lot of it came from looking at him, talking to him, like we're still best buddies now. Um, and then secondarily, like I talk about this a lot, is 
you've got to stop for a moment and sit back and go, well, why is it that I'm doing the things that I'm doing? So you got to look at your purpose, right? So for me, I did that years ago. Somebody just said it to me, why do you do all this stuff, Keith? And I was like, I don't really know. And I had to put some thought into it. And I, I put some deep thought into what is my why. And once you know what your why is, once you know your purpose and why you're doing certain things, then it all just becomes easier and work doesn't seem like work anymore. So for me, my why is kind of twofold. And I, and I look at it now, having not been on a stage for like over two years, really. I mean, I was on a stage once. So uh, in a car park down in Mitchellstown as part of the Independence Festival. Mm. So that was the only thing that I've done in two years, right? Um, but I look at the photo. I have a photograph of me on stage in the Olympia on March 7th, uh, whatever it is, 2019, 2020. I don't even know anymore. But anyway, ultimately, that was the last gig that I did. And I look at that photograph and I actually look at it. And I know exactly why I was standing there. And the reason I was standing there is to just transform people into a world where they can escape their everyday lives and go back to a childlike sense of wonder. And that's a wonderful gift to give people, right? That's a wonderful feeling for me to have on a stage. So when I know that, I don't mind getting in that car, going to Ackle Island or down to wherever it is, all the way down to Kerry to do Kerry radio for 10 minutes and then drive back an eight hour day. It doesn't bother me. So I know that exact why. And then when I'm helping people, uh, whatever, to overcome anxiety or fear, or maybe it's, I don't know, like it could be a, a business person trying to help them grow their business and just helping them with their mindset. My job is just to serve them and try and help them be better. But here's the interesting thing, you know, when it comes to work ethic, I've asked high-performing athletes and I've asked like a lot of business people the same question that I got asked all the years ago and then I realized I needed to think about it. I've asked them, what is your why? And they look at me blank. They don't know. And then I'm like, well, that's where your problem starts right there because you don't know your purpose or why either within your organization or within yourself. Then your pathway to success is always going to be riddled with obstacles. You're always going to have problems. So for me, like right now, I'm actually busier, honest to God, than I've been in the last 10 years. But it's good busy. Like, I'm not stressed about it. I'm actually just enjoying the madness that's going on around me right now. Um, and it is a bit mad right now because, look, uh, we're going to be talking about it in the next few days. So you probably have a bit of an exclusive here. The Keith Barry Experience Season 2 is coming back on RTE. Oh, okay. That wasn't revealed, was it? Uh, it, it is now. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so with regards to that, we're right now writing that show so i've got that going on i still have virtual gigs going on i'm getting ready for the tour so i finished writing the tour and rehearsing the tour but we need to re-rehearse the tour because i've forgotten it all even yeah, though it's written too. and rehearsed february 26th i'm i'm my rehearsal day but you know what that's like right yeah. so you write a tour you rehearse the mm. tour but then when it gets postponed you have to forget it do other things yeah. but i gotta re-rehearse that and all these tours go out of your head really quickly yeah but this is it because we have to dump out yeah. the material that we've done before to yeah. ensure that we don't rely on it yeah. uh, in future yeah. gigs because i know you're like me you change your gigs, right. you change your props, you change everything. Um, so it's busy right now is, is my point. But, you know, when it comes back to work ethic, work ethic, I know why I'm doing all these different things. So that's fine. It's not, it doesn't bother me. Mm. Uh, and the only thing is sometimes, like I am guilty of, you know, if I go three months on five hours sleep a night, then I'll eventually burn out and I'll end up for a week sick. But that's, a, I kind of, I kind of think that's okay now, mm. <laughs> which a lot of people listening would go, that's not okay. But I've come to the conclusion that even though sleep is the most important healer and all the rest, if it knocks a year off my life, 
I'm okay with that too. Or even yeah. two years off my life because I'm enjoying what I do so much and yeah. I don't mind the five hours sleep for well, a long periods of time. It's good to see. It's good to hear two things there. It's good to hear that you found the why and that like you've, you've reached a stage of your, you know, you're, you, you've only, you've been at this lots of years, but you're still so young um, that you've reached a stage where you kind of feel comfortable knowing that you love doing this and knowing that you want to continue to do this and not yeah. being confused or... Or burnt out. Less chance of being burnt out. Yeah, I've been when, burnt out in the past. But when you have the why, it's not as easy to be burnt out. No. Because you can rest yourself as well. And the second thing you said there was yeah. sleep. Uh, I could never get over the amount of, I could never get over hearing how much sleep Roger Federer needs and how much sleep he demands. Which is, I, I haven't heard it. Well, for example, there is a thing like, so he'll be going to bed then. And then it's a routine. So he'll be going to bed and he might go to bed at 10 o'clock or yep. nine, half nine. But he won't be getting up on before 10 the next morning yeah so you're talking 12 12 hours and sleep, the whole yeah. thing will be shut down and it'll be blinds and everything it's because he's a machine yeah and the machine needs to reboot and to sleep and we all need to sleep and it's very important and people who go yeah man i'm a five hour night boy <laughs> and they shove it you you know shut up and go to bed and get some sleep because that's what we were born and, to and do. that's a flaw of mine so I'm trying to get better at it so mm. I bought one of these Japanese pillows lately that's supposed to help you sleep and that didn't work and uh, and I self hypnotized which does work but does it yeah oh completely yeah so yeah. like I've helped I know they don't mind me talking about this like for example Rory Best uh, was having a problem sleeping for a long time so I, I basically hypnotized him to go to sleep and created an audio for him to help him go to sleep and now he sleeps soundly every single night full eight hours without having to get up and then there's another client of mine same thing uh, so I do it on myself but it doesn't work as good on yourself as it does on other people this is the issue I have so I'm actually examining sleep a lot at the moment I got these sleep headphones literally today which is a band that goes around your head which has little earphones in them so then you can put in any tracks that you think might help you to sleep which I advise and be listening uh, binaural beats are probably the best thing to help you try to sleep so I'm going to try that starting tonight um, well, so do you have, a, do you have get problem sleeping sometimes yeah because my mind is so busy mm. right and I think creatives such as yourself myself I think that's the big problem for me is just trying to quieten the mind when I go to it's bed it's true quieten the know? mind but I try to offload as many ideas as I can into the phone into the notes yeah that's and when I idea. feel that the notes are placed I feel that they're resting there and that I'll come back to them and then I can kind of sleep so I that seems well that's work. a great idea because literally again just not even due to sleep but I just got a book it's weird a book called the bullet journal method and it's a, literally a book teaching you how to journal properly so I already journal but it's probably a good idea to do what's to journal to keeping a so diary literally just well no not no. a diary is a different thing yeah. so the diary what's, is kind of scheduling what's to journal offloading your thoughts really so uh, perhaps first thing in the morning you might want to practice gratitude and just write down I'm thankful for my family I'm thankful for just literally being alive I'm mm. thankful for whatever it is you're thankful for mm. uh, because again almost like mantras yeah mm. yeah well a mantra even for yourself like I'm a big fan of of like putting in really good habits in, in the morning to prime your mindset and whatever it is you want to prime it for. What kind of habits? So my best habit, and this is my best habit, in order to make sure that I start the day productively, mm. right, is um, in the bed, before I get out of bed, I practice. So I've, I practice a lot of different breathing techniques, but this is my morning routine. Uh, I practice the Wim Hof breathing technique, which is super oxygenating. Your blood supply 
and basically you do 30 deep breaths you exhale and then you just stop breathing for as long as you're comfortable stopping breathing for so i'll do four rounds of that i'll finish on a three and a half minute breath hold on an exhale so i can exhale stop breathing comfortably for three and a half minutes uh do you have to build up to that yeah you have to build up to it most people can probably do about 40 seconds to start with then a minute yeah. and when you get to a minute and a half that's when it becomes a battle so you can ho- you can you can exhale and hold your breath for three and a half yeah, minutes three and a half oh, minutes wow, with no actually- oxygen in, in the lungs so you, because you've emptied your Yeah, yeah. so you expel, uh, you get rid of the oxygen. You're super oxygenated at that stage because of the deep breathing that you do. So you don't need it. Then uh, I'll do another set of 20 deep breaths. I'll exhale and I'm up to about, just about 34 push-ups at the moment on an exhale breath. So you exhale, stop breathing. And I do right now about 34 push-ups. Um, and then I jump out of that and I get into a freeze. I know, you Mario's better not laugh. All I'm saying is, I'm looking at you, you better not be fucking lying. No, no, no. Because <laughs> you... you when, There's no Keith, gag at the end no, of this. No, no, I know. Because when he, Keith has a face, you see, that sometimes when he's talking to you, you go, you go, is he taking the piss? People always no. say that to me as yeah, well. No, no, no. I, te- I tell them, sorry, I need to find... Um, is there a chemist in this village? <laughs> And they'll go, oh my God, is there a camera here? You're taking the piss, aren't you? I've seen you now, like the face on you. And I'm like, no, 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 I literally do need a chemist. I need to find an inhaler. Yeah. And they're like, oh yeah, an inhaler, is it? <laughs> oh yeah, I, I, when get, you tell I get a story, that all the time yeah, as well. When you yeah. tell a story, like the same, but this is true, 34 push-ups then on the... Yeah, 34 push-ups on an exhale. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, I then into the f- a freezing cold shower. Now, when I say freezing cold, I mean, it has to be all the way down, freezing, freezing, freezing yeah. cold. And at the moment, because it's winter, people don't realise the temperature of your water in your shower is actually Baltic, right? Oh, is it? Like, yeah. It'll right. give you a brain yeah. freeze. Yeah. Um, so that's the only thing I can't handle is the brain freeze. So I put my hands over my head for a while and then I take them away and allow the brain freeze to come in and then the hands over. So I do four minutes of that, right? Four um, minutes yeah. in a freezing shower? Freezing that's cold. That's a lot it's, of time. Yeah, and you'll come out like a lobster. Like you'll come out red raw after that, no, no matter who you are, right? But here's the thing. You're going to feel amazing. 10 minutes later. You do that, right? I don't care if you have, uh, like, I, uh, I remember years ago, Wim Hof said, give your hangover a hangover, right? That's what he says, right? <laughs> when you come out of that, it doesn't matter what's happened to you the night before. It doesn't matter if you've had a row that morning. You're bulletproof for the day. And people don't understand, like, how important this is. Because, like, for example, what happens after at the end of all that when you come out of the show? Oh, by the way, I play every morning. My wife laughs at me. So I play... ACDC thunderstruck when, right, I, so. when I'm in the shower right and then I'm screaming on the top of my lungs and my kids think I'm nuts I'm screaming I control this body I control this mind <laughs> no one else controls this fucking body and mind but me and I'm screaming it now right I'm screaming it at myself on top of my lungs in under the shower, the shower. Yeah. yeah under the shower because here's why you're dumping dopamine serotonin and adrenaline into your system that's what's happened to you with the breathing coupled with that ice cold shower all these chemical feel good chemicals are entering into your system so instead of reaching for a coffee and looking at bad news about Donald oh, Trump shit yeah but that's that's what most people do right yeah. and that's and then people like you mentioned a chemist people then during the day yeah maybe I maybe I've got a headache maybe I need to pill pop and whatever and all this kind of stuff look medication's great for people who are diagnosed with certain illnesses and we need medication right so I'm fan of medication I'm a fan of vaccines but people who are suffering and many people are right anxiety and depression all of these things they're searching they're searching for a solution right and we see all of these influencers putting up solutions online the solution's easy prime your mindset in the morning and you don't have to do what I do but I'm just saying do something in the morning to prime yourself for success for the day so that's what I choose to do there's many other things you can do you can meditate first thing in the morning you can creatively visualize first thing in the morning for 15 minutes but whatever it is prime your mindset and therefore i'm not depressed therefore i'm not and i've had as many tough times as you have and your listeners have and i I think sometimes we become uh 
you know, victims, right? Because we just get caught in a perpetual loop of why me, why me? But mm. I actually don't never think that anymore. Mm. I think when something really bad happens to me, I accept it in the moment. And then I choose to figure out strategies and ways either around or through that moment. Mm. Um, and we all have those really tough times. So I think for me, it's just priming yourself, mm. whatever way that is. But people are lazy too, right? So I, when I tell people, take a freezing cold shower every morning, the reaction is nearly always the same. No, I couldn't do that. No, no, couldn't do that. No, Jesus, no, that's mad. I'm like, well, okay, well, don't, don't, don't dump just a dopamine and serotonin into your system first thing in the morning. And then, you know, then stay anxious and stay depressed. That's your choice. I choose otherwise, you know, and, uh, and that's why, I, but I love the philosophy of the mind and what we can do and what we can achieve. And I think it's important for mm. people to realize that they can do these things without, look, without searching. You can search forever. Yeah. You know, but uh, activate think, uh, these things. I think the this thing. is quite inspiring, actually. And I can see that you're, you're, you're you're not telling me a story no. at all. You're you're actually no. You're you're full yeah. of it. You're actually full of it in a really good way. Um, if uh, I want to take up the shower thing, try it. If tell me that I'd be doing okay if I said I'm going to jump into a freezing cold shower for one minute. Oh no! So here's the way to start. Right. Okay. So start with your normal shower. Okay. And then just slowly bring the temperature down. Slowly. Right. So slowly bring the temperature yeah. down. Bring it down. Bring it down. And then once you get it down, just start with one minute. Right, one, minute. one minute and will one that minute. do me good yeah but then what you do is challenge yourself so every day add on five seconds yeah right so then it's just a minute and five seconds the second day but and then it's a minute and ten seconds you feel yourself because I mean everybody you feel, it's like jumping into the cold sea oh yeah which I do completely all the time as well invigorated yeah yeah completely awesome. but you'll feel fantastic after like mm. genuinely fantastic oh your body there. can be coached and yeah your body can be coached and you can visualise I mean part of success is visualisation I mean related but not exactly related I was watching it fascinating documentary on PBS America. I don't know if you, do you ever see PBS? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. They do these documentaries, right, uh, Keith? They're three yeah. hours long. Maybe they would be two of them. So two, three hours. That's mm. six hours. That's about, a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, you're just poured into it. Um, so the one I was watching last night was on William Randolph Hearst. Okay. Now, William Randolph Hearst was the greatest, biggest figure in American newspapers of the 20th century. He was just unbelievable right and uh, his his capacity to imagine what he wanted and then just get it just do it yeah, just yeah. do it and like he was a bit of a psychopath obviously and he ran everything into the ground and he ran into debt and you know because he just had a, a capacity to buy everything he saw yeah. do everything he wanted never take no for an answer but his whole routine uh, his whole mantra was it's just the objective that counts that's all you're thinking about now remember he's a bit of a psychopath yeah yeah, yeah. but the amount of things he was able to get done it's just the objective just keep the objective in mind it's always the objective and basically what he was saying was there was no obstacles yeah. obstacles don't count I mean there's another as I presume you, you you would be possibly aware of as well and it's very big in the states at the moment the whole stoic philosophy yeah. and the whole stoic philosophy basically preaches that the obstacle is the way Yeah. so this is going back to your statement of it's not uh, it's not it's not how badly it gets you. It's more how can you react to the thing that happens. So. But it wasn't always like that, Mario. And that's, what, that's where it's important sometimes to state that. So, for example, I have battle scars all over me. I'm not talking about physical scars, but like there was a TV show that I did in America and I've done a good few over the years. Uh, and that was the one time in my life, like I, I mentioned like last or at the start of the pandemic where I just, you know, literally got down and I, I kind of lost my way for a moment. Um but that wasn't massively detrimental to my mental health. But there was a TV show I did in America. And at the end of that, I remember, I'd say I was close enough to 
breaking down, whatever that even means. Like I, I remember just uncontrollably shaking in my office at home and crying after a phone call to an executive in America. And that wasn't just one call. It was off the back of like just a really poisonous period of time with just people lying. And it was just a bad period of, of my that life. That sounds like a bit of burnout though. Yeah, yeah, I was, no, I was burnt out, but I was burnt out dealing with just crazy people toxic, in Hollywood. Toxic. Crazy, toxic people really? in Hollywood. Well, Hollywood is full of toxic Sort people. of fucking you around. Yeah, yeah, completely. And Telling I, you lies, saying one thing, meaning the other. Yeah, and that's Hollywood. And, and anybody who, who's, you know, spent a prolonged period of time in Hollywood will tell you the same, right? So telling you one thing, being two-faced, doing other things, lying about you behind your back, all this stuff, right? But it all got on top of me. It became overwhelming. Um, but I think those scars make you better then. So now that I'm 45... I'd find it hard in business for anything to really get on top of me, right? Mm. Because I've had that in the past. I've learned mm. from it and I've learned to now just let it go, right? Mm. If, if that happens. Now, when I say let it go, of course, I'll challenge people if mm. they're lying about me and mm. I'll, I'll, you know, stand mm. my ground. Mm. But it won't emotionally affect me because I've got greater emotional intelligence now mm. as somebody in their mid-40s. But that comes from those moments, right? Um, and you learn from those moments. But by God... They're difficult moments to learn from, mm. especially in the moment. Just you, you talked about America there uh, a minute ago, and I wanted to talk to you about the Ellen thing because oh, yeah. the Ellen thing. You were, you've been on Ellen millions of times. This massive TV show. Yeah. How did they fall in love with you? Or yeah, it's it's, it's strange. I don't even know how. The, the first one probably came just off the back of I'm going to say uh, my 2006 show, which was. Keith Barry Extraordinary which was on CBS so I think that was probably my first performance on Ellen just to promote that and then over the years I was on it like six times I think and then last year virtually was my seventh time but there was a period of 13 years uh, between my sixth performance and my seventh performance believe really? it or not yeah yeah so it was a so long time since I know the way these things work when you appear on a TV program or in a radio program mm. um, generally something like that it, you, they don't invite you back Unless it goes really well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, they don't. There's yeah. too many people out there that they can choose from. Yeah. So you must have you must have struck a chord. Yeah, I think. It's Could just, you feel that you did, or yeah, was I, the response afterwards such that you knew you did, or what? Yeah, I just think like the response from Eleanor herself after the first performance. She was liked amazing. you as well. She liked me. Yeah. And I think that's important, right, in our business. What does she like about you? I just think that I didn't take myself too seriously as an entertainer. Very often magicians, they're very serious, right? They're very, you know... Mysterious. Here's, and here's... A, well, they're either cheesy or they're mysterious. It's like one or the other. Like David Blaine likes to play the whole mysterious card, uh, which works for him. But like, she's not really into that kind of mysterious, I don't think, right? Mm. And then you got the real slapstick cheesy magicians, like pick a card, any card. Like, you know, I've said that loads of times, but ultimately... That's not the kind of cheese that she likes. So, mm. uh, yeah, it just resonated the first time with her. And I did my spike trick, which is the one I'm kind of infamous for, which is basically where a spike is hidden underneath one oh, of yeah, four polystyrene cups. Yeah, yeah. And I think she just was affected by that. So then they invited me on a bunch more times. That's the first time I met you, actually. Doing uh, the spike trick. Yeah, it was, I think, it was 2005, I think, on the RTE television show. Would have been 2004 then. Four, yeah, around RTE two. television yeah, show. Yeah. I remember we all, back then, we all looked like we were in Westlife. So we oh, were, yeah, yeah basically spiked blonde our, hair. Yeah, yeah, our, all our hairs were sort of sitting up, and we had kind of very colourful, loud shirts. Yeah, it's mad. And back uh, stuff, you were on a white set, a kind of a, a set, yeah, of just yeah, yeah. all luminous white. I remember well. And yeah. I remember doing the, the spike thing, and the spike thing is just crazy. You're smacking down the cups, and you're, you're thinking it's going through my hand. You know, it's very good. Yeah, so that that was the first, and then, but then, see, I hadn't been on in 13 years, and as part of my massive action plan, 
uh, two years ago now, I guess it is, I decided, well, I need to keep my brand relevant in the States. So I, I rang, I have an agent over there. It sounds terrible. Like I rang my agent, but I, I have an agent over there. So Bill Gersh of the Gersh organization. So I rang Bill and I said, Bill, I need to get back on Ellen. I need to keep my face out there while, you know, I can't travel. And he said, that's impossible. And I said, why? He said, well, Matthew McConaughey's got a book coming out. He's going to be on Ellen. And, you know, all the A-listers are, have easy accessibility now because they're all on Zoom. So I took that as a challenge. So when I hear the word impossible, I, I just, uh, like, I get a thing about it, right? In mm. a good way for me. Because mm. I just go, okay, i got to prove this person wrong. Mm. So I just said, okay, Bill, I'm going to be on it in the next three months. And he said, all right, whatever, Keith. And he didn't believe me at all. Mm. Um, and I had no contact. Like, because it had been 13 years, all the producers had changed. Yeah. And stuff. So I literally, again, just went to our friend Google and went, you know, Ellen DeGeneres director, Ellen DeGeneres producer, yeah. Ellen DeGeneres research, which is everything, right? Uh, and then I, I sent out... In the first time, I sent out 44 emails and something like 16 phone calls. And I got no response, right? Whoa. And uh, so nothing happened, right? And then I waited a week and I sent out more emails. Uh, and I, because I know this because I've done the metrics on it. So I sent out 96 emails and I made 44 phone calls to just loads of people in the Ellen organization. I was like a madman. <laughs> but this is what people need to do. Like, it's not that hard. It's just like, just go do it, right? But make sure your emails are really well worded and don't use an automated system. Like many businesses out there use automated systems to yeah. blast email. Like people know that, that that's just one email yeah. of many. that so personalization. So personalization, mm. all that kind of stuff. Um, so I got one response back. And then I just latched onto that one response and they made me audition. So I had to audition again, even God. even after all these years. So I had to do a full audition on, via Zoom uh, and then to multiple aud- auditions, really. And then, uh, and then yeah, they just said yes. And, and then you're back on. And then I was on from the cabin in the back garden. <laughs> yeah, but then she would have gone, she remembered you. Oh, yeah, she remembered. From your multiple appearances. Yeah, yeah. And look, I'll be honest, like, you know, it wasn't the same doing it via Zoom, no. uh, but it was still great business-wise because because I'd done it via Zoom, there was businesses, like it's weird, like it's a daytime talk show, right? But because people are home because of the pandemic, business people, predominantly women, I'm going to say that because it, that's her audience, right? Um, there were some business women who saw me performing on Ellen via Zoom who were the heads of multinationals out there and they would oh let's get him for our event so I ended up getting like 12 corporate gigs directly from that one performance out in the cabin in my backyard in your cabin so virtual yeah Yeah, I did it virtually fantastic but then I got virtual gigs because people out there recognised that I could do it virtually do you know what I mean I don't want to ask an an improper question but like, did you did you did you earn a fortune then in a way from from your virtual? Yeah, I wouldn't because, say a for, I wouldn't say a fortune, but but I did very well. Yeah. In the la- I'm not gonna lie, yeah. like I did well in the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, now that's so died. you turned it over. You turned it yeah. around. Yeah, it's died off now. Mm. Uh, now we're still doing some. So mm. still doing. Uh, you know, companies are reluctant though. I was about Keith, to say they, yeah. companies are still staying online. They right? are, but they're reluctant to do this virtual thing. Well, they, anyway. they understand. Well, so there's a couple of things going on, right? So one is employees are bored of yeah. staring at screens yeah. and they don't want to stare at screens anymore. But the second thing, thing is a lot of companies are scared still to bring like a thousand people together in whatever, the Burlington or wherever it is for an event. So there's kind of that weird period that we're in right now that some, like I had two inquiries this morning for virtual events before I came in here. So they are still going to happen. They will peter off though. Yeah. So, uh, so look, I did well in the last two years virtually, mm. but I'm... Now at a stage where I need to get back on a stage. Like yeah. I'm not joking. And it's for that connection. It's reconnecting as that's the name. I of don't know what it is. Like for me, it literally, I, I need to be on a stage. Like beyond, above and beyond everything else that I do, right? So I wrote a book in the middle of the pandemic and 
I did the virtual gigs and, you know, I do one-to-one mind coaching with people. So I do a lot of different things, right? I need to be on a stage. Mm. I don't care whether that's talking about uh, mindset and the neurology of the brain and how you can shift your your, your Yeah, you mind. feel centered you, when it's, it I, feels ho- like home. Look, you're the same. Mm. We've been on stage. I, I think people don't realize that. And for me, I've had an outlet. And I guess you with your podcast and your radio, you've mm. had an outlet. There's a lot of people who haven't had an outlet. Oh, I'm, right? I'm very aware of that. A- and... And we know this and, you know, I really feel for them and them being like, I can see a guitar in the background there. Literally the guy who like hand to mouth, like plays music in hotels all over the country for a couple of hundred quid. And wedding bands. Uh, Yeah, and wedding Mm. bands. So they're the people I really feel for because Mm. they couldn't really pivot online. Like it just didn't really work online for them. Mm. Um, But again, all of us have the same thing, whatever that thing Mm. is. And, uh, you know, the only way I see it is when I'm on a stage, I just see it as a web, an interconnected web of people and they're all connected somehow. That's why I called, and it was a year ago that I called the show Reconnected, like the upcoming tour, Reconnected. And I am like going to reconnect people emotionally. I'm going to reconnect people spiritually, intellectually. That's the way the show is designed. So for me, I'm actually just excited about doing that. Uh, And dare I say it physically as well uh, to reconnect people. And the end of the show is purposely designed this time around to not be this crazy big ending of a show, which I'm very used to doing. It's going to be way more intimate where there's not going to be a dry eye in the house. I want people bawling their eyes out, like the whole audience, right? (laughs) But out of love. So it goes back to what you said. That's why you reminded me of it. And it's just a sharing, an outpouring of love that we're all okay. We're here together and uh, just have that laugh, you know. Brilliant. Reconnected. Um, You said the words massive action twice in Mm. the last 10 minutes. Have you ever thought of it as the name of a show? No, but it's a good idea. It isn't bad. I'll tell you where it came from. Keith Barry, massive action. (laughs) It sounds like something you'd watch. I'll tell you where it came from, though. It sounds like a really cheesy fucking movie as well. Massive action. action. But but I'll tell you where it came from. It goes back to a question he asked me about work ethic. And I'd forgotten. Like, I remember years ago. Now, I'm talking about a long, long, long time ago. I remember... I was watching an interview of Will Smith and it was yeah. when he was a rapper. It was before he was even really acting, yeah. right? He was just a rapper. And they said to him, well, what's the secret to your success? And I'll never forget what he said. He said, when all the other rappers are in bed, I'm up practicing my rapping. And that resonated <laughs> with me, right? <laughs> so, so yeah. So, so I go, so pardon me. So we go, we talk about sleep, right? Yeah. I, I still don't sleep enough, right? Yeah. And and you were like, yeah, get to bed. And I, and I should take your advice, right? And I tell people, get to bed, right? So I, I put them to sleep. Yeah. But sneakily, like at two o'clock in the morning, I'm thinking, they're all in fucking bed. Yeah. And I'm up still writing yeah. and rehearsing. I know. And I go to outwork and outsmart them all. Yeah. And that's my, that's the way oh, I no, think. I, I get your point. But you that's, that's funny about Will Smith. But um, Massive Action is a good name. Yeah. Maybe it, next year. It's a good name. It is Massive Action. It's something about quite, quite, um, quite, in, quite um, mysterious about it. People go, Massive, what's that about? Yeah, what does that mean? What is he going to do? Yeah, do I have to pay you for that now? Massive no, you action. don't. No, I give it to you for free. And, um, but the, yeah, that, that's, that's, that's a good one. What I was emphasizing really by the, the sleep thing was more the importance of rest mm. that you can achieve far more with a rested ready energized brain oh, and body yeah. than you can with just working 18 hours um, on a tired body oh yeah I think you focus know? is important yeah. so now I've gotten way better at scheduling right yeah. so I'll yeah. schedule 9am to 7pm is creative writing time okay but no matter what problems i end up with if i decide that that's the block i will sign off at 7 p.m and go home have dinner with the wife and kids mm. um, do you go somewhere to write or 
Yeah, like uh, different places, different times. So right mm. now, weirdly enough, <laughs> it's not going to sound that fancy. Like the Glen Royal Hotel is where I use mm. because I, I sometimes have a co-writer that I'll work with mm. and I'll go down there and we'll just hire a room and mm. bash out ideas there mm. because I like to go out and walk. Um, Walking is brilliant for thinking. For thinking, mm. right? So, because uh, Maynooth is such a great little vibrant town. Mm. We'll just go out, have a little walk around there, grab a coffee. Mm. Uh, I might go into a, a bookstore, like anything, just to inspire creativity. Mm. Um, so, and then sometimes I'll just write in the cabin in the back garden. And then mm. sometimes I might just escape for like three days down to somewhere like Dingle. Like I'll literally just say to Mary, mm. I got I to gotta, I gotta put in the hard hours now. I got to, like, I, and then there comes a point when you're, if you're to hit a deadline and the creative isn't done, it's like, okay. I go into Dingle and I'm just going to lock myself up mm. for three days with nothing except a pen and a piece of paper and I'll just yeah. go down there and finish it off yeah. down there, you know? Brilliant. Okay, celebs. I want to yeah. know about, um, give us a couple of anecdotes if you have of some of the, I mean, obviously you've worked with massive celebs and uh, uh, mm. Morgan Freeman and all these guys. Yeah. And do, you have any, do you have any takeaways from um, times you've worked with some of these people? <sighs> no takeaways really because it was, it was mainly me uh, kind of messing with their minds and hacking their brains. I, I'll tell you the one thing that I found is though uh, the majority of them, the reason they love magic, uh, what I found is it takes the limelight off them for a moment and it allows them to be normal. Mm. So that's what I found with A-listers. They're actually really happy that all of the attention, if you like, is on me for that moment of time. And I see them changing. Yeah. I see them changing into just being kids again and forgetting that if it's Justin Timberlake, forgetting that he's an A-lister or, or even Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman is a good example, actually, mm. that you mentioned him because um, that was really interesting because it was the first time in years I got truly starstruck. I got really nervous. With like, Morgan? Yeah, I got really, really nervous because I was thinking, Jesus, this is Morgan Freeman, like, you know what I mean? And Woody Harrelson, who was being truly very kind, said to Morgan Freeman, hey, Morgan, you know, Keith is the guy who put all the mentalism and mind reading in the movie uh, and he, he can read your mind, which is not what I do. Like, I, I hack brains, but it takes a while to figure out what somebody's thinking and I, and I don't believe anybody's psychic, Right. So Morgan Freeman thought that it could instantly me read his mind. So he looked, he looked at me and went, I challenge you to read my mind, you know, and, and only the voice, you could probably do his voice. I can't do his voice, right? And I was like, oh, Jesus, how, how am I going to do this? And here's a story I've never told, right? So this will, this will give you a, a bit of a giggle. Um, I, I, there was a, we were on set and, and if anybody's listening, Now You See Me 2 was the set they were on, which is the magic movie they worked on. We we're on set and I noticed there was a book there and I took a book and I was going to do this trick with the book. <laughs> I'm laughing as I say this. And I handed Morgan Freeman the book and I said, look, just take the book and browse through it. And I showed him with my hands how to browse, you know, just browse through it. And he went, you're asking me to do something I can't really do. And I was like, what do you mean? And the next minute, Mark Ruffalo, they were all there, all the big actors, they were just kind of shaking their heads at me. And I was like, what's the problem here? I only found out after the fact that Morgan Freeman, you'll notice in his movies, I believe it's his left hand is pretty much completely paralyzed. Oh. He can't use his left arm. I think it was maybe from a car accident or something, but ultimately his left arm is paralyzed. So when he said, you're asking me to do something I can't possibly do, like he can't, he couldn't browse through the book with yeah. his two hands at that moment in time. Um, so then I was double embarrassed and I was like triple nervous. Mm. Uh, so I figured out a way around that. Uh, but then I also decided, look, it's Morgan Freeman. I might as well go for gold here. So I spent, it took about 10 minutes, but I told him about a childhood friend of his called Boo Boo that he hadn't thought about in like 65 years. And he lost 
his shit. <laughs> like he lost his mind and he started effing and blinding and all the rest. And he was like, uh, and then during his scene, like, and people need to understand, like every minute counts, right? Especially when it's Morgan Freeman, like money wise on set. So he kept breaking character and shouting over me, Barry, Barry, are you one of those psychics going to find dead people? Can you find dead people? Uh, which is weird that he kept saying that. I don't know what was that was about. And I was like, no, no, no. But he kept just saying that over and over again. But I knew I'd gotten one over. And actually, I didn't realize it at the time, but John Chu was the director. He just started snapping uh, as I was doing this. So my favorite photograph of all time out of all the celebrities that I've met is me. There's a photograph of me with my hand on Morgan Freeman's shoulder with my hand to my temple. But it's, it looks like a posed photograph, but it's actually not. And it, and you can see the reveal on his face was the exact moment that John Chu snapped when I was telling him about, about Boo Boo. So Excellent. it all worked out well in the end. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, did I learn anything? No. Uh, maybe, except maybe a bit be a bit more prepared always, you know, but, uh, but it's great. Well, it's know. hard to Google Morgan Freeman. Is he paralyzed? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you might find it. I don't know. Did we say we're going to do something? We're trying oh, yeah, to try yeah, and do yeah. something. Okay. Okay. So we haven't rehearsed this or anything. So nope. I just said to you at the beginning, do you want to do something? And yeah. you, you pretty much, you always come prepared. Yes. Whenever you do interviews. So I don't even know what this is. You're going to ask me to do, we'll, we'll do something together. Yeah. Well, this is a little word game, but it's a gambling game as well. So I've got three envelopes here. One says mine, one says yours, and one has a question mark on it. Okay. Mm. Now here's the game. These words are designed to influence the outcome of this game. Mm. Your job is to not allow the words to influence you. Okay. Okay. Uh, I will also tell you the rules of the game are quite simple. Mm. In a moment, you're going to select one of these envelopes. Mm. Whichever envelope you select, you got to keep the contents of that envelope. Okay. All right. I will also tell you, I want you to win. Now, okay. The reason I want you to win is there's cash involved in this, okay? okay. There's 10 euros inside one of the envelopes. I kept <laughs> okay. it small, Mario, right? We're still waiting on the ticket sales to come in, both of us, okay? So 10 okay. euros. So, uh, and finally, from this moment onwards, everything that I say to you, it could be a lie from this moment yeah, onwards. I'm used to that with you. Or it could be the truth and you have to decide, yeah. right? Now, first of all, yeah. you'll notice from the outset and can you confirm for everybody listening yeah. and watching that mine, Mario, is indeed bigger than yours. It is. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the envelopes, Mario. Very you good. can relax. Very good. There's a word called mine written on an envelope and that is a bigger mine than the word yours on another envelope and there's another envelope, third envelope with a question mark on it. The question mark envelope. I want you to know this. I never put the cash inside the question mark envelope. I just don't put it in there, right? Okay. So I'll just put that down for a moment. So right. now, if you think about this from your perspective, and please do think about this from your perspective, and if, if in a moment you pick mine, that will become yours. But then by default, Mario, yours will become mine. Correct. So, have you made your decision yet? Which one I want? Yeah, do you want mine, yours, or do you want the question I mark? I want the question mark. You see, reverse psychology works 100% of the time, especially with men. Just, you know, always works with men. Always, every single time. They always go for the question mark. And also, the question no mark was, was closest to you, okay? Because I held the other envelopes back here. So, it was the closest thing to you. So, you that's, that's almost a, a kind of a prod. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But here's where it gets interesting. That's a hint. You can change your mind. Oh, I'm allowed to change my mind. Yeah, but I want you to know this. If you do change your mind later on tonight, you'll regret that decision. <laughs> but if you don't change your mind, Mario, later on tonight, you'll wonder forever, what would have happened had I changed my mind? Okay. You change your mind or you stick with the question mark? I'm going to go for yours. Oh, interesting, man, for yours, which was mine and now it's yours. Yeah. But think about this logically. As a mentalist, would I have given you the opportunity to change your mind if I didn't want you to change your mind? Well, I wouldn't have. Of course I wouldn't have. I wanted you to change your mind. Yeah, so, so you now gave you can me the change opportunity back. and I did. 
You can change back yeah, or you can stick. This time I'll stick. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm okay, you went for yours. Yours, yours, Let's yours, see what's yours. inside here. Inside there's one thing, one thing only. Mm-hmm. There's only one thing inside there. It is, as you can see, a tenner. It's you a tenner. are a winner. You won. Take I it. I won 10 euro. Yeah, I want you to keep it. All right. So you are actually a winner. You get to keep okay. it. Oh, a lot of people think, by the way, I put it. Takes a, care of my fee for Keith's uh, podcast today. A lot of people think I put a tenner inside all of the envelopes. Yeah. I don't. I much know that. Inside here, you can see in there, there is one thing, one thing only. 50. And it is 100 euros. 100. You could have won 100 Shit. euros, Mario. <laughs> You could add the hundred, but you chose <laughs> not to go for that. You could have changed, but you were never going oh, to go no, for that to begin no, with. Oh no! Don't tell me what's in the third. You could one. have had the question mark on below five hundred. Oh no! 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 Relax. There's no cash in here oh, at okay. all. Okay, you can chill out. Inside here, there's one thing. One thing only. We'll show the camera over there. I'll show you there. Yeah. It's a blank piece of paper. Except yeah. it's not really a blank piece of paper. Yeah. It's actually a check, Mario. It's a check, <laughs> and you can see it says the owner of this envelope. You could have won <laughs> fifteen thousand <laughs> euros. <laughs> But let's face it, you're 10 euros better off now than you were 10 minutes ago. That's brilliant. You made me fucking choose the envelope with the tenor in it and you said you would. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't even want to know. I just, just well, where do you start with these things? That's fantastic. There's some people on the line that want to say hello to you. They've oh, yes. been listening live. Go for it. Um, John Milan is on the line oh, from God. Waterford. Jeez, I love John. It was a good boy. I love my county, boy. It's just great to hear two Waterford buddies talking away there. Keith, will you go back to the old days, boy, and put on the biggest Waterford accent you can, boy? Come on. John, will you shift me sister, boy, will you? That's, and give us a blah. That's no good, boy. That's no good. Do you want your fucking go, boy? That's the way you say it. Do you, want, you push your fella up to get the wall and go. Do you want your <laughs> fucking go, boy, do you? Do you want your fucking go, boy? Mario, you deal with your Waterford accent. I will, I will, I will, I will. Who's a warm boy? What are you talking about, boy? Yeah. <laughs> do you remember that, Keith? I do. I can't even put on a Waterford accent myself You've lost anymore. it, haven't you? I've completely lost it, yeah. Mario, that's fucking brilliant, boy. Your Waterford accent is top notch, boy. Thanks a million, John. Um, Keith Duffy's on the line. Say hello to Keith. Uh, hello, Duster. How are you? How are you, buddy? Listen, I have two questions for you. Two, one. When are we going on a bender again? Oh, I'd love to go on a bender with you. I haven't been on a bender with you in years. The last one, I don't think we can say anything that happened in public. What was that? Well, do you remember? Do you know? No. Do you remember all the stuff we got up to? Oh, yeah, I do now. Oh, we can't say about that. No. We can't talk about that at all. The next thing is, do you know anybody I could buddy up with? Because I have put on 16 stone since Christmas, eating Chinese. Who will I buddy up with, buddy? Me. Nice one, buddy. <laughs> and then we go on a bender. Let's do it. Fantastic. Keith Duffy. I love hearing from Keith Duffy. Um, Morgan Freeman's on the line. Say hello. Oh, hello, Morgan. I can't believe you told that story about boo-boo. <laughs> Why did you say boo-boo? Well, haven't you thought about boo-boo at all? I think about him every day. What was, what was the fish that you caught with boo-boo, Morgan? A cod. <laughs> a cod <laughs> I can't remember what, Was it a marlin <laughs> No it was a cod Can you not remember You're like the rock I just said the cod The rock was in my house yesterday We ate two cods <laughs> And they were both called boo-boo <laughs> Thank you Morgan You got really weird By the way my hand Isn't paralyzed <laughs> Okay, well, Keith, well, Keith's always bullshitting, Morgan. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, true. I know. I met the man. Thanks, Morgan. Good luck. Keith, that was great. Thank you so much. Thank I really you. enjoyed it. I'm me. going to do the plug um, before and after of your great tour. Um, and I really, really enjoyed that. And uh, you're in top form. You're in great yeah, form. Yeah, same you're, to you. You're looking no, good, man. Thank you're you, looking but, good. No, but you're in... You're, um, 
personality wise you're in great place you're oh, really yeah, thanks. You're, yeah. you're really looking chill. you are re- yeah you're chilled but you're also really looking forward to what you're about to do over the next few months oh can't wait yeah mm. back on the stage again brilliant thanks Keith thanks for having me And that's it. My thanks to Keith Barry for a great conversation and it was great to hook up with Keith. I haven't seen him in ages. If you can, get along to see one of us. Uh, Keith's is called Reconnected and mine is called The Very Best of Gift Grub Live. We're both all over the country. In fact, we both go to pretty much the same theatres. INEC in Killarney, TLT in Drada, um, uh, the National Opera House in Wexford and so on and so forth. Leisureland in Galway. Um, So please do try to support us. Um, Live performance is so important. Um, and we've missed it so much you and I I think again thanks to Curry's for their ongoing support um, and especially to you for listening as always check out the Nicola Talent episode if you can that I mentioned at the top of the episode it came from last October we had a great chat and there was some good comedy in there as well take it easy I'll see you same time same place next week bye bye bye